Hi, welcome to this episode of Let's Work It Out, brought to you by Stay Nimble. We provide on-demand, flexible career coaching for all your work-related challenges. Welcome to today's Stay Nimble, Let's Work It Out podcast. I'm Jennifer Harper and joining me today is Roger Martin. Hello. Hi there, Roger. So today we're going to discuss a term that has emerged in recent times, and it might be one that our listeners have become familiar with, and that is the Great Resignation. So what is it? Where did the Great Resignation come from? And importantly, what can we do to potentially avoid getting to the stage of resigning? And are there alternative approaches we can take to achieve the work-life balance that we desire? Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, the um, the Great Resignation has been called a number of things, but the, the term was first coined by Anthony Klotz, who is a professor of management at the Mays Business School at the Tex- Texas A&M University. He predicted a mass exodus of staff as a result of the COVID pandemic. In one sense, Roger, that's slightly counterintuitive, isn't it? After many people's jobs were at risk as a result of the pandemic. So why would employees be thinking of leaving their jobs? Why did, why did he feel this was going to happen, do you think? That's a good question, Jennifer. And I think what he predicted was the result of the pandemic, i.e. what would happen once things started to get back to normal. You could say it was down to three things. First, the attractiveness of working from home and the fact it could be done effectively with the lack of the need for the daily commute. Secondly, how technology could fully support this point, i.e. good broadband. And thirdly, how all this fed into the pre-COVID grown awareness of the need for a better work-life balance. Okay, so there's a combination of things happening here, isn't there? But is the crux of it employees wanting more flexibility in their everyday work life, or do you think it's more than that? I think it's more than just about flexibility of how often people have to go into the office. I think it's about the actual jobs we want to do going forward. Interestingly, two of the roles highlighted as suffering from a high level of resignations were those involved in the technology and healthcare sectors. Well, the the healthcare sector obviously has been under such immense stress and increased workload during the pandemic. So you can certainly understand people working within this sector questioning what else is out there. And I certainly know people who have done just that and refocused their life and work. But this seems to have spread across a whole range of sectors. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think this phenomenon has just stopped at a couple of occupational areas. It's really embedding itself in the thinking of an enormous number of workers who have had time to reflect, perhaps because they were on furlough, and decide how they want to frame the X number of years left of their working life. Mm. So everybody will have their own idea about what a work-life balance looks like for them. And again, I know lots of people who have been able to negotiate this with their employers. But how far do you see the ideal work-life balance extending beyond simply working from from home more, which, let's face it, isn't necessarily for everybody? That's a good question, Jennifer, because I think it is important to understand this. it's not all about avoiding the five-day-a-week daily commute. There is so much more employees feel would benefit them as part of their employment that would not only suit their needs better, but from an organization's perspective, enhance their employees' well-being and ultimately improve productivity and staff retention. Mm, yeah, 
I know of um, some people who have managed to negotiate starting work earlier or even working into the evening to allow them to meet family commitments like doing the school run, for instance. Plus, in some cases, speaking to clients in the evening actually works better for them too. So the organisation's benefiting in multiple ways with happier staff, happier customers and higher productivity, which all makes sense. But what else are you thinking of here, Roger? Well, such things as allowing employees to do shorter weeks but cover the same amount of hours by doing longer days. This means their pay doesn't have to be reduced. Another option is what is called the nine-day fortnight. This is where an employee works five days one week and then only four the next. In relation to their pay, they can either agree to a reduction in pay or extend the working day that they do work to make up for the day off. That's just two for starters. Mm, And they're two really good examples. But what about those people who don't work in an office, perhaps those who work in retail, hospitality, or for instance, warehousing? How can they be offered better flexibility as part of their working lives? Yeah, that's really that's a really important point, Jennifer, because I think it's it's really easy to forget that not everyone uh, works the standard office Monday to Friday, nine till five. But even for employees in this situation, more flexibility is something more and more are looking for. So taking healthcare and warehouses as an example, many organizations use blocks of working days uh, on and off, such as four days on and then four days off. This can help a lot of people with care responsibilities or for people who want time off to do other things, uh, as well as to allow recuperation, especially if the role is quite physical or intense. Also, I think the use of flexi time generally helps people create a bank of time they can use to do other things rather than use up all their annual leave. Mm, Absolutely. And there's already a a lot of um, established roles, and I'm thinking of the police or fire service and some nursing roles here as well, who have operated longer shift patterns over three or four days with days off in between. So it is possible to achieve this dependent on the nature of the work. But even if you can secure some of these things in your workplace, what else is it um, important for an employee to look out for, do you think? Um. So, whether you decide to take part in the great resignation and leave your current employer, or whether you decide to stay and ask for a better balance in your work life, there are some things you will need to take into consideration. So, for example, reduced hours will, of course, result in reduced pay. So, can you afford that? Also, more remote working could be great, but do you really want to opt for working from home all of the time? isolation, lack of social opportunities, uh, and especially work drifting into home life, you know, i.e. always being on call, are all things you really do need to think about carefully. Yeah, I would agree. They're all really good points, Roger. And some people thrive in working from home, while others do find that feeling of isolation to be detrimental to their well-being after a period of time. So it is something to consider. Or, of course, you can seek a blended mix of time in work and time working from home, which seems to be becoming more popular as well. I've also heard stories of some employers implementing tracking tools to see how long staff members are at their screen, which um, yeah, this can be quite concerning, I think. That kind of surveillance could work out worse than being in the office for some. And I guess this is an issue where you would then be looking at whether the organisation's values are meeting your own. What do you think? 
Yeah, absolutely, Jennifer. I, I doubt many employees would really appreciate that kind of intrusion in their everyday working day life. Mm, yeah. So do you feel employees have to leave in order to secure what they're looking for? I think you need to pay attention to what kind of employer you're working for. I mean, for example, have they allowed others to be flexible in any way? Uh, has the precedent already been set? Are others also exploring other ways to work? Yeah, I would agree with that too. If you were working from home during the pandemic, and it's also perhaps an opportunity to look at what worked well during this time and what didn't, it may be that a blend of approaches could be introduced, such as, is it really necessary to do those long overnight trips for a meeting when a Zoom meeting worked perfectly well? Ultimately, saving the company money on travel and accommodation and saving you, the employee, being away from home. Yeah, I would say that anyone thinking about joining the Great Resignation, talk to a career coach first and really think about what you're doing and why. Explore your options, understand what it is that you actually need and what you'd like from your job. Yeah, Roger. And as you know, the, the career coaches here at Stay Nimble have been having these conversations with many people over recent months. So if you would like to start that conversation, then link up with a coach at staynimble.co.uk and take advantage of a free 30 minute video call. So Roger, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Uh, I think just to re reiterate that the great resignation doesn't have to be the great resignation for everyone. If you're thinking you need more flexibility in how you work, Talk to a coach about what it is you really need and get support in how to approach your employer. Hopefully, resignation will be your last resort. Yes, indeed. Thanks for that, Roger. And thank you for listening. I hope this has been useful in terms of helping you to begin to look at your own situation, to start to explore alternatives to the great resignation, but to really look at what it is that is important to you now and how you can work towards achieving that. So thanks for joining us today. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. For a no-strings-attached 30-minute coaching session, visit staynimble.co.uk.